You're tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in for another glorious episode. I'm using the word glorious today. Another glorious episode of SOB Style of Business. This is your host, Keetra. And as always, I have another great guest. This is already one of my favorite episodes. We haven't even got started. It's one of my favorite episodes. I'm putting it out there now. We're talking about sneaker culture, sneaker trends. We're talking about colorways, patterns, all that other good stuff. And I'm pretty sure that this is going to be an episode that other sneakerheads will appreciate. Who better to bring on the line than someone who knows a little bit about sneakers? And with that being said, we have Mr. Fomer Simpson. So you are the creator, founder, producer, host, everything of Mr. Fomer Simpson, which is a popular and infamous YouTube channel and show. Let's go with the, with the background and intro. Okay, awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, first and foremost, thanks for having me. Really, really appreciate it. This podcast thing is something that I'm I'm so passionate about now. So it's it's awesome. We have our own now, but it's it's awesome to jump on other podcasts and kind of, you know, we only get one episode a week, so to jump on other ones, it kind of scratches the itch a little bit. But background wise, yeah, my brother and I started a YouTube channel about six years ago, Mr. Former Simpson. It wasn't something that we were thinking long-term with, or we might've branded it and named it differently, to be honest. But it was something that him and I started. We had both, him and I are both basketball players. It's just the way things worked out. We actually both had knee surgery around the same time. I had been playing professionally over in Europe. He was just coming out of college. So we kind of didn't have much to do. We were kind of laid up, rehabbing our knees and just pretty bored, to be honest. And we've always been into sneakers. And I saw that, we saw, I should say, that there were sneaker reviews on YouTube. And we were like, oh, wow. And I didn't know that they did that. And yeah. so we said, hey, let's let's do it and mess around with it. And so we did that. And one thing kind of led to another. And, you know, fast forward a couple of years and it was like, wow, this is really something that we could turn into something. And so it's kind of been a very organic and just a natural growth. It wasn't something that we necessarily planned out, but we're here now, you know, we have the YouTube channel, which is, you know, approaching half a million subscribers, big scheme of things, still really small, but uh, yeah. for us, it's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, we just started our own podcast and it's just, we, you know, we got some other things in the works and it's just been really cool and, and very fulfilling. And we get to work together and, and work for ourselves and, and it's just been really, really dope. So that's a little bit of the quick background. The quick background. I absolutely love it. I'm not going to lie. Like the I love the sneakers, too, because I have a little bit of a, a sports background, but it's like you just get so excited with the colors and the, the layout and the way that they're developed and designed and all that other good stuff. So don't hold it against me if I get a little off course <laughs> because because I'm excited about the culture myself. And I, I love what you guys are doing. And you mentioned your brother, who is Buckets, by the way. And so for those guys who the listeners, rather, who are unfamiliar when he's referring to his brother is also part of the, the podcast. His name is Buckets. So definitely want to throw him in there and give him credit. So let's jump right in. Let's jump right in. I know you have, like I said, as I know the listeners are probably eager to know how you guys got started with the YouTube channel. I know you said you were laid up after surgery and then just right. kind of playing around with some different ideas. But like as far as putting down the 
initial foundation for Mr. Fomer Simpson, the whole brand? Like, how did you guys get started with that? Well, it was kind of, you know, it it started as, and not a, a joke isn't the right word, but it started for fun. So when, like, when we, for example, the name Fomer Simpson, my brother and I, we've always kind of like played around with like wordplay and stuff like yeah. that, you know? I don't know if it's a New York City thing or if it's just kids growing up everywhere thing, but we always did that. So you know, I don't know well, like, what an example would be like. Um, so if it's cold outside, you know, someone would say, oh, well, it's brick outside. So we would take it a step further and say, oh, well, it's brick James yeah. <laughs> or or something like that. That's just something, that, yeah. something like that. So when we started, we decided, hey, we're going to do a few of these sneaker reviews. I mean, I have a closet full of sneakers and I actually had some some foam posits, which is a sneaker I've always loved. And I had some foam posits that were kind of out on the floor. And he was like, well, what's the name going to be or whatever? And I was like, well, I'll, you know, Palmer Simpson. And it was just kind of like a very like <laughs> spur of the movement type of thing. And then when we put the name in or something, it was like, oh, uh, you it was already taken or it couldn't be used. So YouTube actually suggested to throw a mister on the front of it. So we were like, all right, well, I guess <laughs> Mr. Fulmerson. Right. And so we did that. But as the channel started to grow and the different social media platforms that kind of went along with that, Instagram, Twitter, that whole thing, we, you know, we kind of realized, well, it it's Mr. Former Simpson is kind of like branding wise might not have been that smart because we really want to brand it as a duo. It's not just me, it's him also. Yeah. And so, but for the first few years, he didn't even want to be on camera. And so there were some different things like that, but ultimately it ended up working out because, you know, the name, people like it and people dig it. And uh, it's just, it's worked for us. So it's kind of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's just everything about kind of the channel and the growth and the, even the branding of it. It's not like, even now, like with the different things we do, and obviously things are on a much higher scale now than they were a few years ago, but we kind of just go with the flow. Yeah. You know, we kind of just go with, you know, trust our instincts and just go with the flow of things and don't overthink anything too much and really just try to create cool stuff as opposed to get so hardcore with like looking at the branding aspect with like this super... Yeah. You know, we don't have degrees in any of this stuff. We don't. We're just two kids from New York City who know how to work hard and are passionate about certain things and have been lucky enough to find a situation where those things resonate with other people out there all around the world. And, and we can kind of grow together like as one big group or one big unit, which is, um, like I said earlier, is just super fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's, that's perfect, especially when you can take something that you know something about and you're passionate about, which in this case would be the sneakers, you know, and turn it into more of a business or a, 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 some sort of entrepreneurial pursuit. So I absolutely understand and love that. But I got to ask, what was that first YouTube video like? <laughs> Were you guys using the, the camcorder, a digital camcorder? What type of what oh, type of uh, results did, I, <laughs> did that break about? Man, the, the, it's funny because I think this is the way it should be in life, you know, but, but if I look, I can't even watch the old videos. If I watch the old <laughs> videos, I'm just like, cringe it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so bad I mean, because like i said you know some people who start these youtube channels especially now they have film backgrounds and they have editing backgrounds and they have yeah. uh, public speaking backgrounds and acting backgrounds and music back and all these things and my brother and i like i said just a couple of kids from new york city basketball players and yeah we had like a 150 dollar 
camcorder or something. And I think my girlfriend at the time had even bought it for me or, or, or gave it to me as a gift. And we just kind of won it. It was just, you yeah. know, it turned the camera on, you know, fire it up and kind of see what happens. But we had to take a couple of our earliest videos down because there were some copyright issues with the music and stuff like that. We didn't know anything about that stuff at that time. But yeah, I think if you on the YouTube channel now, I think the very first video is just me like kind of freestyling, so to speak, uh, about a couple pairs of uh, sneakers that I had just bought and we're on like a dirty picnic bench. And I'm kind of just like, it's like a complete wing job. So it's funny to, I guess the only good part of that is, you know, you kind of see where you started and then you realize, wow, you know, if you work at something, which him and I have done, you know, things can really elevate. Yep, definitely. I agree with you there. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know if practice makes perfect, but it definitely gets you a little bit further along than what you, than what you started. So that is, a great point. So let's let's get into sneaker life a little bit. What makes a good sneaker? What makes a and when I when I say a good sneaker, I'm talking about the looks of it, the comfort level, and the overall. Let's throw in price too, like like you know, because sometimes you'll see a sneaker that you know is good, but I, I don't know if you know how how people kind of say, okay, hey, this might be a two hundred dollars sneaker. Is it worth it? It needs to be good. It needs to be comfortable. It needs to look like something that I would want to wear. So right. to you, what what makes a good sneaker? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, it's um, it really depends, obviously, on the person and, you know, where you're at in life and what you're doing and stuff like that. For me personally now, when I was a, a young kid, what made a good sneaker was the color of it or, what you know, whatever my mom would buy me, which was definitely not Nikes or Jordans. Yeah. Um, now, what makes a good sneaker for me? And then, you know, like when I was in college, what made a good sneaker was just anything that looked good, anything that I thought was fresh or that looked good or it wasn't, I wasn't really valuing comfort that much. Now I'm on my feet all day. I'm always on the move. I'm always on the run. I got to have something comfortable. Yeah. Like if it's not comfortable, it's pretty much out of the equation for me. And there are some sneakers that I love the look of them, mm-hmm. but they're so uncomfortable that I just can't, you know, my brother and I, we put in like probably 80, 80, 90 hour weeks, no joke. So it's, I got to have something that's comfortable at the same time or on the flip side of that, but in the same breath, like, I do want a sneaker that looks good. That's what that's what I love about sneakers is yeah. being able to kind of express yourself and almost being able to wear different sneakers and different colorways depending on how you're feeling that day and what it's like outside and what your outfit's like and, and all those things. So it definitely has to look good. And I like a variety in that area as well. It's kind of like, you know, I used to always say in the videos, like, variety is the spice of life. That's like what my grandpa used to tell me. Variety is the spice of life. But for sneakers, I'm very much that way. Like, I'm not just one brand or just one sneaker model or just one kind of shoe. Yeah. I really like to have a plethora. I like to have a lot of a lot of different sneakers. For me right now, if I just to answer your question, you know, and not completely cop out on it, if I had to pick one right now that was the perfect sneaker. And then also sports matter too. I still play ball. So, but my basketball sneaker is not necessarily what I want casually. So just casually speaking, what makes the best sneaker to me is something that is comfortable, something that is vibrant and has like some pop to it, but not so over the top to where it's kind of like almost obnoxious. You know, I'm kind of, I don't want an all black sneaker or just some some plain run-of-the-mill type sneaker. I like the extra details and and the extra, maybe uh, like the sneakers I'm wearing right now, 
you know, it's like a tan sneaker, but it's got like a mango Nike swoosh to kind of give it some pop. So they're comfortable, they're stylish, and so they fit the bill for me. So the comfort and style is kind of where it's at for me right now. Most important foam. So you you would never compromise comfort for the for a hot design? Not not a little bit? I would, uh, keep it a buck. Um, right. I would here and there, but okay. not for my everydays. I mean, like, like right now I'm wearing a pair of Air Max 90s. Oh, wow, um, yeah. Are they as comfortable as Ultra Boost? No way. Are they as comfortable as some of Nike's newer stuff? No way. But they're comfortable enough and they look dope. So yeah, I'm willing to compromise a little bit, but it's why I wear Yeezys so often. You know, it's why, and I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, Yeezys aren't as cool as they once were. And, and that may be the case. You know, that's fine. But they're so comfortable for me. I can just throw them on. I can get up and go. Same thing with Boost in general. You know, yeah. Boost has lost a lot of kind of the allure in like, I don't know about like just any normal human being who walks into a store and is like, hey, I, I, I want to buy a sneaker. I'm sure they probably still sell to the masses. But as far as like the more niche, like sneakerhead community, certainly Boost has lost some of its luster. But yeah. for me, I still I still look for that because it's so comfortable. And there are a lot of sneakers that I love, the Air Max 95, but it's just so uncomfortable that I'll almost never put a pair on. And there are other sneakers like that that are almost so uncomfortable that it would have to be an amazing, amazing looking sneaker for me to break it out. And even then I would only break it out here and there as like a quick little stunt or a quick little flex. I wouldn't, uh, I'd never be able to throw them into like the regular rotation if they weren't comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I, I have a couple of pair of the, those Air, Air Max are a hard sneaker, you know, so Yes. Yeah, they are extremely hard. But the ones that I like these for the last several months, the ones that I found to be most comfortable are the the Nike Hirachis. And there's oh, yes. uh, yeah, the Hirachis nice, yeah. the and then the, the Yeezys, like those 350s are extremely comfortable. So I'm going to run the run the soles out of those pretty, pretty, pretty quick. So let me. Yeah. And I know you mentioned just a second ago that when I, we were talking about just trying to have a good sneaker, like what would be a good sneaker? And you mentioned as a kid, like your mother, it wasn't like the Nikes or the Jordans, anything like that. But did you find yourself ever saving up for a pair of kicks? And if so, which pair did you get and how much did you spend? Oh, 100%. Yeah, no. Well, you know, growing up, you know, I got, uh, there, there was six of us, you know, my parents, I got two brothers and a sister and uh, we did not have a lot of money. I mean, there was a time in my life where my entire family stayed in, in one room. So we definitely struggled financially. And as a result of that, as you can imagine, there's not things, only things that were necessities were prioritized. Like, you know, there were times we didn't have heat. So buying a pair of Jordans was out of the question. So that was something that I struggled with a little bit as a young kid and growing up in New York City and it's looking good and, and sneakers and fashion. It's so much a part of the culture there. And it's so much like I can just remember looking at the older kids and going to the park and seeing, you know, all these fly sneakers and these different things and really wanting to be a part of that and really wanting to have those sneakers on my feet. And to, you know, I just really kind of fell in love with that whole scene. And so I started saving up pretty early on. And the first pair of Jordans that I ever owned, I bought with my own money. And it was in 2001. I'll never forget it. I can't actually remember what the retail price was, a hundred and something. Yeah. Maybe they were 120 at that time. 
And uh, I can't remember exactly, but it was the, I actually still have the pair of sneakers. It was a, oh. um, I don't wear them, but it was the 2001 Jordan 11 in the black and red colorway, or, you know, some people call them the playoffs. Some people call them the breads. Yeah, I guess nice. breads, you know, more, more commonly known, but yeah, that was the first pair of Jordans. And I was, uh, I went there early in the morning and there was a line of people. It wasn't like crazy how, <laughs> how, it, right. how it is now, but it was, uh, there was definitely a line of people there. And I was, uh, a young kid and I was in high school at the time. And yeah, man, I, that was a moment for me. And pretty much from that time on, I was, you know, buying sneakers whenever I could. Now, obviously it wasn't every week or it wasn't, it was still at that time, actually it was still few and far between, but I just pretty much collected since then. And I bought sneakers when I can. And when I got to college, I had a little bit more money and I could, I was on a basketball scholarship and I remember they gave us, you know, a certain amount of money for food and stuff like that. And I, yeah. immediately went with <laughs> I can remember buying the metallic fives when I was in college and not having any money to, to eat after that. And I was like, well, at least I got my fives. fives right. So it's been interesting, you know, when you kind of look back at it and, and how you started with things, but yeah, the Jordan 11 was started it for me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, buying sneakers now is a, it's a totally different beast. You just mentioned 2001, having to stand in line, you know, and, and now, like, especially for a pair of Jordans, you, you might want to go like a, a day before and <laughs> and sit and wait in line. But now you have sites like StockX, you have Flight Club and several other ones that are legit. Do you think that they make it easier when you, like, say, for instance, if you're not going to the store and you need to order a pair of sneakers or some kicks online, especially with the amount of online stores who advertise the fake models, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to tell what you're getting. Right, right. Yeah, well, with um, with StockX or Flight Club or, or places like that, those are legit businesses. They're not peddling fakes. Anytime you're dealing with the aftermarket, for lack of a better word, I guess there's always the chance that a fake pair could slip through the cracks, so to speak. But companies like, like those that you mentioned are very good uh, from my experience with if anything like that does come up, you know, handling it and, and, and kind of making it right. And there are the fake sites out there, but the fake sites are, are kind of their own separate entity a little bit. But for the common consumer or something, say someone just wanted a pair of Yeezys and they went into Google and said, hey, buy Yeezys, very easy to kind of get duped or, or to kind of get swindled that way. So it can be a little tough in that regard. For someone like me, StockX, Flight Club, stuff like that makes it a lot easier because instead of, say, there's a sneaker that only releases in New York City, Chicago, and L.A., right. I mean, I, you know, and right now, I mean, I'm from New York City, but right now I'm in Florida. So there's sneakers that don't even come down here. And so being able to purchase them online makes my life a lot easier, makes my job a lot easier. Whereas going back to when I was in high school, that wasn't really an option. I mean, I guess... When I was in college, I guess I bought different sneakers off eBay at different points, but it wasn't set up and it wasn't as user friendly and it wasn't as solidified as it is now. And uh, now I think it's to the point where most people buy online, even if it is Foot Locker and Finish Line and Champs and all these different places. Yeah. People are buying them online as opposed to actually physically going into the store and buying them. And so it's just kind of a different time and, and the internet and social media have changed the climate of things. So it's kind of like there's pros and cons to everything. The pros are that sneakers are now a lot more accessible. Their con would be, to your point, if you don't know what you're doing, you could get 
you know, tricked and you could end up buying a, a fake pair. One, just a little quick piece of advice yeah. for anyone who's looking to buy a pair of sneakers that maybe doesn't know that much in regard to, you know, fakes and what's real and all that stuff. If it seems too good to be true, it probably is. You know, mm -hmm. I get messages on Instagram all the time. Hey, you know, there's a site selling Yeezys for retail and it's a pair that you go online and is has resale value of maybe eight, nine hundred bucks. And it's, you know, I can remember a guy asked me that question about a pair of Red October Yeezys, which is a pair of sneakers that he did when he was with Nike. And at the time, I think their, their value was somewhere in the $4,000 range. And the guy was asking me if he found a pair for 250 that I think it was legit. Right. So my common sense says no, not legit. So that can weed out a lot of the you know, a lot of the bad sites and stuff like that, and or even Instagram accounts that sell fakes and stuff. If it seems too good to be true, it probably is. And then ultimately, if you don't even want to deal with that stress or that hassle, then just buy them from a finish line or a footlocker or a champ. So, you know, any of those retail account or a boutique account like a Concepts or a Kith or yeah. something along those lines, and then you can just completely avoid the, you know, the stress of, of trying to avoid a fake pair if, if, if you're not necessarily an expert in the area. Yeah. Avoid the fake pair to keep them from falling apart on you later. So that is a great rule of thumb. Is there, um, speaking of rule of thumb, what is a good tip when you are not sure about the fit? Like say, for instance, you might wear a size eight in Adidas, but you need a nine and a half and nine. You know what I mean? Like, how do you go about ordering shoes online if you're not sure about the sizing? Because I know some some shoes do run run uh, small, some run big with the different makes yeah, and models. That's a tough one. And that's really, especially with what we do with kind of like reviewing sneakers and showing sneakers, that's the hardest part to kind of communicate to the viewer or the audience because there is such a variable there and it's so hard to predict. For me, I have a pretty big foot, relatively speaking. I wear a size 13 and most of the time, a 13 and a half and a 12 and a half are not options. Yeah. So I don't really, you know, some of my sneakers are tight. Some of them are a little bit big. It would have to be a sneaker that was really, really tight for me to go down to a size 12 or really, really big for me to go down to a size 12. I'm not sure what I said there or, or vice versa to go up to a 14. It would have to be a sneaker that ran really, really, really small. So I don't do a lot of fluctuating in that regard. Whereas some people, you know, maybe if they're like a nine and a half, but sometimes they're a 10, sometimes they're not. So for me, it's, I don't have that luxury, but the only thing that I could say would be to watch some YouTube videos on that sneaker and kind of see what people who have them personally are saying about them. You know, a lot of people talk about the fit because it is such like an important question. Try to get into a store and try a pair on when you have a chance, even if maybe it's a different color. Maybe it's a color that, not the color you want, but at least you could try it on and get the fit or get the feel of it. But there's just too much of a variance in things yeah. size-wise. Now, as the more familiar you get with sneakers, then the more uh, you can kind of predict, like Nikes in general, generally speaking, Nike like running shoes or training shoes generally run a little bit on the small side, a little bit on the narrower side but it doesn't mean that every nike i got a pair of air maxes last year was probably my favorite sneaker release of the entire year and it was 
an Air Max and they ran huge. It like felt like a 14 on my foot and it was a 13. So it's one of those things that you're either got to ask somebody who has a pair or watch a YouTube video or whatever the case is, or you need to physically go into the store and try them on or just use your own past experiences with that particular sneaker model. But even that can kind of uh, throw you for a loop sometimes. So that's a tricky one to fit. But, uh, you know, it's just something as sneaker lovers, we got to kind of just deal with it. Yeah, kind of deal with it. Yep, I hear you. And in the midst of highlighting these other brands and sneakers and things like that, you guys have managed to create your own brand of gear, which is through the I Don't Want to Grow Up. You got the Uncivilized hoodie, which is popular and a couple of other uh, different items. But tell us a bit about how you guys got started with your own lifestyle concept with this particular brand. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, the brand is is, is Uncivilized. And then these hoodies that we've been doing is kind of playing off the whole Toys R Us theme of I don't want to grow up. And we got the idea for those hoodies just recently when Toys R Us was kind of going out of business and there was like all the nostalgia. Me and my brothers, we grew up in the 90s. So 90s nostalgia for us is is kind of always a thing. And that's a an era that my brother and I just really, really kind of love and cherish. So that's how the whole kind of Toys R Us themed hoodies kind of work themselves in there. But Uncivilized is the brand. And we started that a couple of years ago. And again, you know, just kind of to my points earlier about organic and just kind of going with the flow of things, that, that's really what we did. You know, a lot of people who start a YouTube channel then have a line of merch or stuff that the viewers can buy and support. And we did something like that. We, we kind of tested that stuff out a little bit, but Honestly, it felt a little corny to me. It felt a little forced. And that's not really our style. So we sat down a couple of years ago and said, look, let's just create something dope that we would want to wear and see if it resonates with people. And it did. How we came up with the word uncivilized for the name of the brand was I say in our videos, especially going back a few years, it was kind of like this patented line. Anything else would be uncivilized. So uncivilized was now I actually got that. I didn't come up with that line. That was when I was a little kid. I can remember uh, right guard deodorant used to have these uh, commercials and it was like Emmett Smith and Charles Barkley and all these like athletes who I thought were amazing. And, you know, the line at the end of the commercial was anything less would be uncivilized. And so I kind of just implemented that when we first started doing these sneaker reviews, I just freestyled everything, like just off the top of the head, like nothing was planned, nothing was rehearsed. I mean, we we still operate that way. We don't plan or rehearse things and we just jump in. And so I think that's actually what kind of drew people to our videos is that they were filled with all these like 90s movie references and like all this different nostalgia, like early 2000s and just these different times. And so that's where Uncivilized came from. And then when we were starting the brand, We wanted to make it something that resonated with the people who watched our videos, of course, because that was like our base audience. Those were the people that, you know, were really rocking with us. So we wanted it to be something that resonated with them. But we also wanted it to be something that even someone who had never seen our YouTube channel would still be like, oh, that's dope. That sounds dope. That looks dope. And so I think Uncivilized did both of those things. And, you know, kind of both of those were check marks. And so we went with it and it's been awesome. You know, know, we just kind of make stuff that that we think looks cool and that we want to wear and are fortunate enough to get the type of support that we do. And we've never had a uncivilized release that hasn't sold out very, very quickly. So um, it's been a blessing and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that's perfect. I wanted to know, like, 
because I know you guys have a, a new release that's coming out, I think, today. So tell us, where, where can we go and grab the hoodie? Well, we, we do the, anything that we release is sold on MrFormerSimpson.com. We, uh, it was actually yesterday that we did a, the gray hoodie and it sold out in like four minutes. So was gone super quick. So right now there's nothing available. There's nothing on the site. But if we do have something available, it's on MrFormerSimpson.com. And I always on Instagram and Twitter, I always talk about upcoming releases and we show previews and sneak peeks and official images when it gets even closer to the release date. You know, so all the info in that regard. But it's not the type of thing right now. It's, it's very, very limited. Exclusive, and, yeah. Yeah, well, and we do it for a few different reasons. The main reason, honestly, I do want to get it to the point where we have stuff that's available all the time and not everything is like this super limited, hard to get thing. But it's just my brother and I. In order to ensure quality and ensure shipping quickly and ensure that the whole thing runs smoothly, we can't deal with these huge numbers and these huge orders and stuff like that. So we keep things limited. And also we, my brother and I are very creative guys. We're very much want to, like we always have these new ideas, these things that we want to create. And so we kind of like to drop a hoodie or a t-shirt or whatever the case is and keep it limited and then kind of move on to the next idea and the next thing. And that allows us to kind of continue to create and to continue to do things that are fun for us. So that, that's kind of the way that we go with it. But unfortunately, the as of now, the stuff is is pretty limited and pretty hard to get most of the time. Sold out right now. That That is great news. Great news. That's perfect. That's the way you want it. So and then you have the Foamy and Buckets podcast, unnamed podcast. Do you guys, you, you think right. you'll ever get a name for the for the podcast? Or, we, or you think it'll just stay Foamy and Buckets, unnamed podcast? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I, I think at some point we may just honestly call it the Foamy and Buckets podcast. I mean, it's kind of the unnamed part was kind of just like a joke when, <laughs> yeah. we, when we started. Because like, like most things, we're kind of just winging it. So we'll see. It's kind of the Foamy and Buckets podcast. Maybe we'll throw an official name on there. But for now, we're just kind of rocking with it and, and just kind of going with it. Okay, perfect. And for everybody that's listening, the podcast is officially available on iTunes. Before we wrap up, Fomi, can you share with us your two cents? Leave us with some words of encouragement or advice for those of us who have maybe want to start a YouTube channel or just have different goals and dreams and we're kind of putting those on the back burner. Right, right. Yeah, well, I would say, you know, it's like it's kind of like the cliche, like the Nike slogan, you know, just do it, right? But I think that really that is what it's all about. There was, there's a quote, I don't know where it originally came from, but um, don't let perfect be the enemy of good enough. And that doesn't mean to not push yourself to do the best work and be the best, but it, it does mean that just jump in, just start doing it, just mm-hmm. try, work, push yourself and iron out the details as you go. If my brother and I didn't start a channel because we wanted to wait to get the perfect camera and the perfect computer and the perfect editing software, we wanted to both get degrees, go back to school and get degrees in film and and all those things. It's just, we wouldn't be where we are. And I kind of credit, it's a few things. It's partly just being from New York City and just having that get up and go get it mentality. Also, my parents are extremely hard workers and also playing basketball you learn how to compete and you learn how to push yourself and you learn all those things. But that's really what it's about. Just 
get up and go get it. Like it's so easy to talk about and it's so easy to have a great idea, but a great idea is nothing, literally nothing unless you execute it. And if you don't execute it, someone else will. And if you don't start pursuing what it is you want to do, and you just got to, you just got to find a way to do it because there are so many reasons. And a lot of times they're valid reasons why you can't do it. Oh, well, you you have this other job or there's not enough money or there's family or whatever the case is. But the truth of the matter is you go and get it or you leave it to chance. And if you leave it to chance, it's probably not going to work out for most people. But I'm a, a believer in, you know, not just chasing dreams, but you, you got to run it down and, and put it in a chokehold. Yeah. And I think that anyone with that mentality is going to succeed, whether it be in a couple of weeks or a couple of years or a couple of decades. If you have that mentality, you will get to where you want to go. Oh, absolutely. Love it. That is definitely encouraging and inspirational. I, I love your story. I love your story poem. So as we conclude, let us know what we can find out more about you and Mr. Fomer Simpson brand online, any products, releases, and also where we can subscribe to your newsletter and social media channels. Sure, sure. So it's uh, Mr. Fomer Simpson on YouTube youtube.com forward slash Mr. Former Simpson at Mr. Former Simpson on Instagram at Mr. Former Simpson on Twitter. The name of the podcast is Foamy, F-O-A-M-I-E and Buckets. I mean, if you just put in Foamy on iTunes, it pops up. We'll be on Spotify within the next few days. And we're even looking at some other platforms in that regard. And yeah, that's pretty much it. MrFormerSimpson.com is, is where we release all of our uncivilized apparel and, and all of that stuff. And, uh, that's pretty much it, Mr. Former Simpson. If you if you get on Google and put in Mr. Former Simpson, you'll find me. I'm there. We're working and constantly trying new things and, and trying to create and do cool stuff. And anyone listening, if that sounds like something you're into, then come stop by and, and say hello. And uh, that's it. That's it. Love it. Love it. Love it, Phone. Thanks so much. We definitely have to have you back for a part two. You guys definitely. take care and I uh, appreciate you being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.